Jesus Bible and Current Events from a Christian Perspective, Battling Spiritual Wickedness in High Places, One Podcast at a Time. This is the High Places Podcast. Hello, this is Jim. We're back again. Uh, this week is, at, well, first of all, uh, catching up on a little political news, as we've uh, mentioned recently. The uh, 2020 presidential campaign is in full swing. Uh, more and more candidates uh, have been announcing that they are running for president. I believe um, Governor Inslee of the state of Washington has announced or is about to announce um, the uh, representative from Hawaii, Tulsi Gabbard, has announced she is running, and Julian Castro, uh, the former Secretary of Housing and Urban Development, former mayor of San Antonio, has announced as well. Uh, he's only 44 years old. That sounds young to me. That shows you how old I am. Uh, running for president, he's one of the uh, Medicaid for all uh, folks, um, which is, uh, it's, you know, kind of along those lines of that big centralized power that we talked about uh, a while back. I remember hearing a line from someone once that said, uh, a government that's powerful enough to give you everything you want is also powerful enough to take it all away. And so when you get into things like the government controlling your health care, um, that's a whole lot of power. And we've already seen even with the uh, uh, things in place with Obamacare, trying to get religious organizations to play for uh, to pay for abortions and contraception uh, contraceptives and things like that in their health care, uh, their health insurance that they're providing. So uh, it didn't take long previously uh, for the government to start uh, going right after religious institutions once they had the power of health care in their pocket. So we'll see how that whole uh, Medicaid for all or Medicare for all uh, plays itself out over the next two years. Um, but that seems to be a bigger and bigger thing. I think the city of New York is putting something in place for government health care for people that don't have it. And there's been talk about it in California as well. Very few people are talking about how you actually pay for something like that. Um, but that's a detail I'm sure nobody's particularly concerned about. But, uh, yes, just more and more uh, political news. It'll be fun to watch that uh, as the campaign rolls on. And it, uh, as these people make promises about what they want to do, um, that will certainly telegraph uh, what we can expect in our future. And uh, it seems, uh, as power always does, it tends to concentrate. But in light of Bible prophecy, where you need sort of the superstructures in place to um, enable uh, the beast, this one rule leader or one world leader uh, to come to power and to have that kind of influence over people's lives. Uh, these things need to come into place at some point. It's interesting that they happen uh, if they're happening before because then the shock is lessened and uh, it just seems to be a natural outflow from things when the beast uh, actually makes his arrival on the scene and wants to do all these things, it'll just seem like a natural extension. So it's it's just kind of interesting to watch these things being set up.
But now on to our uh, primary topic today. As I was, uh, I was planning on doing uh, something else, and we'll probably talk about it next time because it's very um, important as well. But as I was researching that, I came across some other information, and this, um, and I've read it before, uh, but to kind of reread it and hear about this is just kind of, you know, it's one of those things that makes your jaw drop, um, and you can totally see how the devil is using this to just set people up to uh, kind of have this mental barrier against the gospel. I don't know if you saw this a number of years ago. There was a study done. They've been studying children for decades now and asking them, you know, what you want to be when you grow up. And so the typical answers, and it hadn't changed much in decades and decades. I mean, going back to like, you know, the 50s, police officer, firefighter, teacher, um, lawyer, I mean, all these kinds of engineer. I mean, these things were very standard and there wasn't much deviation. But recently, uh, it's been uh, something completely different. And uh, the recent, the most recent study I saw on this, and there were other ones that uh, corroborated this idea, what young people wanted most to be when they grew up was famous. That's what they wanted to be, famous. Even more than rich, although rich was in there too. And there was an interesting figure on that, if I still have the article. Um, it, it mentioned that, uh, was it like 22% uh, of young people wanted to be rich and 19% famous? So you're talking like 41% rich and famous? Uh, but there are numbers that are even worse than that. And it, it's funny, too, because the one of the studies talked about, you know, they kind of delved into why these kids uh, want to do this or what their idea of, of fame is. And it wasn't just they, they didn't want to be famous because they necessarily accomplished anything. They just wanted to be famous for being famous. They, the underlying idea was they didn't want to do the work required to become good at something by which they would then become famous. So they wanted all the perks of fame. They wanted the attention. They certainly wanted the money that goes along with it. But they wanted people to notice them, to recognize them, to praise them, to say good things about them, just to talk about them in general. And it wasn't just limited to things like television, although professional athlete, singer, actor, filmmaker, these sorts of things that uh, are natural uh, paths to fame in our society. Um, those were certainly, you know, at the top of the list. But in talking to those young people, they weren't actually doing any of the things to become that or very fewer. It wasn't a priority. The fame, the end result, not doing the work to get the result, was the main priority. And and so it's not only is it, it's bad enough that people's goals are to be famous, um, but to not even want to put in the work required to get there. Because fame is so easy now, right? So first of all, you have television people, but we've had at least two generations now that have been raised on television, even with all the other media that's available, 
uh, the average kid still watches like four and a half hours of television a day. That's incredible. When you hear all these stories about, oh, you know, my kid's getting too much homework and they have to stay up late and do their homework. Well, how much time are they spending in front of the television or in video games or on the Internet just doing stuff or updating their Facebook page? Do kids do Facebook anymore? I heard Facebook was more for middle-aged people um, or whatever social media they're doing or texting each other. So, yeah, but in addition to the television, there is this like YouTube thing. So a lot of kids, they want to be YouTube stars. Um, and, and that's their idea of how to get famous. And, and the interesting thing is because they don't necessarily have any particular talent, they still have to do something. And so what that lends itself to is outrageous behavior. Because you can get noticed for being outrageous. And isn't that what people see on uh, social media, on things like YouTube? People are just outrageous for the sake of being outrageous so that people will notice them. So it's like the little kid, you know, standing in the corner screaming, going, look at me, look at me. Um, I think there was even a book written called that. What was it? Yeah, look at me. Um, Orville Gilbert Brim. Um, and he talked about the fame motive from childhood to death. And that's the scary thing. This isn't like, you're not talking like nine or 10 year olds. Uh, th these are children all the way up through, uh, to adulthood. And it isn't just, um, it isn't just limited to the United States. There was a really terrifying, um, stat here from the United Kingdom. They studied over a thousand 16 year olds. So two years away from adulthood and at 16 over there, I believe, you know, you can go into college or a trade school. Um, and then, you know, if you want to go on to university, you can do that. So they're at an age where people are making decisions about what to do with the rest of their life. And this, um, let me get the stat here. They studied, yeah, over a thousand 16 year olds, more than half, more than half had no desire to go into a profession that did not involve being a celebrity. <laughs> so a majority, they don't even want to consider a career that doesn't result in them being famous. And so these aren't, you know, again, it's not a six-year-old saying, I want to be a princess when I grow up. These are like people that, I, I mean, they're 16 years old. They're having to make you know, important life decisions soon. Um, well, in this, uh, you can get into the whole issue of how uh, Western culture has perpetuated childhood. Again, this kind of utopian ideal that um, childhood is this this uh, this otherworldly um, dreamland where you can just do whatever you want and you have no pressures for anything. And this is totally a Western post-World War II thing. Because before that, for thousands of years, kids lead hard lives. Um, but I mean, even in this country, you know, it used to be you'd wake up early in the morning when the sun came up or before the sun came up, you'd go do chores on the farm. Then, you know, if you were in a nice enough area where you could go to some little schoolhouse that the citizens of the town, by the way, paid for, they would go out and hire a teacher. Uh, there wasn't uh, institutionalized education. You'd, you'd then go off to school. 
you would get home from school, you'd do more chores on the farm, you'd have dinner and then do your homework, and then you'd go to bed to start the whole routine over again. And when the weekends rolled around, on Saturdays you'd do chores all day long on the farm, and you'd go to church on Sunday, uh, but you still had to do chores on the farm because the cows still have to be milked. Um, and so, and if you were working in a city, it was even worse. You were working in a factory 14 hours a day. Um, and again, you can go to other parts of the world and see this today. So this idea, this dream world childhood, this is a new phenomenon in human history. And people in general in the Western world have so much idle time. We're only as busy as we want to be. Um, but children in particular, and what are they filling it with? They're filling it with television. They're filling it with YouTube. Um, and so because we've perpetuated this, we've basically told children, you have no responsibilities. And so just whatever you want to do, just enjoy it. The problem is they carry this into adulthood. Haven't we seen this with the millennials? You know, the parents can't get them out of their basements. Um, but if you have people that are 16 years old who aren't even thinking about a real job, um, they're only thinking about what they can do to be famous and how many people wind up being famous. And so then when they fall short, they're just like perpetually dejected because their pursuit of fame hasn't resulted in them being famous. And so it's just this weird situation and the mentality that goes into that. So what is this about? It's just, it's just having people ogle you or give you money, or pay attention to you. It's narcissism. It's pride. It's pride. And the Bible says an enormous amount of pride. We live in a culture where we're told to be proud. We're told we should be proud of ourselves. In fact, if you're not proud of yourself, people think you have low self-esteem. So the idea of being humble is almost seen as some sort of psychological failure or some sort of problem that needs to be fixed. I'm old enough to remember that when uh, people used to brag about themselves, it was considered bad. You weren't supposed to talk about yourself. You were a braggart. That was something that people would call you that would be a bad thing. Even if it was true, even if you were able to accomplish things, you were still not supposed to brag about it. And now you have people, um, famous and otherwise, uh, who brag about the things they do, even if they're, even if they're not true, um, even, if they're, even if they're not accomplishing the things they say they are, uh, or they're not the greatest, you know, whatever on the planet, uh, they still say it. And people reward them for this. They watch them even more. And this goes back to the outrageous behavior thing. And so if people want to be famous, they can be famous for being outrageous. But what it does is it lowers the bar on what's shocking and what isn't. And so as, as people are exposed to this more and more, less and less of it seems shocking. And so it leads to worse and worse behavior. And this behavior is almost always sinful, right? You don't see people like being shocking by, you know, giving, you know, too much food to the poor or something, right? Um, it's, it's always doing something bad or behaving badly or treating people badly or saying bad things. Who is it? There was that kid on YouTube who was just like a nine-year-old girl or something who had this persona, you know, she wanted everybody to believe she was like a cocaine dealer 
So, okay. So you want to be famous for being a cocaine dealer. Okay. And just apparently, praise God, I never ran across any of her videos and watched them. But I read articles on this because she was, you know, she had her more than 15 minutes of fame. People were writing about how this little child is famous for like acting and talking like a drug dealer. Apparently she's just had an extraordinarily foul mouth and she was just millions of hits and wildly popular so much so that like other, uh, you know, media outlets were reporting on this. Um, and it, I, she's up in uh, Vancouver, British Columbia in Canada. And apparently, you know, her mom's like a businesswoman and all this and like, supports this actually i think does more than support it you can kind of see the mom's fingerprints all over this um because everybody wants a famous kid right people brag about their kids now too um and they didn't before remember i don't know if any of you used to watch um little house on the prairie uh in the 1970s and remember the olsons mrs olson who would always brag about her kids nelly and Willie, especially Nellie, and Nellie would brag, and they were always the people you couldn't stand, right? Everybody just thought, oh, I don't want to hear them talking about themselves, and look how smug and proud they are and all this and that. They were like the villains of the show, and now we live in a nation full of Mrs. Olsons, um, <laughs> and a nation full of Nellie Olsons. People who can't talk and uh, can't stop talking about themselves and can't stop talking about their kids because it makes them look good, right? Oh, look what a wonderful parent I am. I raised this amazing child who's famous for, uh, who's famous. And so what a great gene pool we have in our family and what great parenting. Yeah. Oh, it's just, it's extraordinary. It's extraordinary how bad it is. And so why does this matter? Well, like I said, the Bible talks about pride a lot. It's the oldest sin in the universe, right? This is the devil's sin. He thought he was God's equal. He was so proud he thought he was God's equal. Um, and unfortunately, uh, it's even worse today. People are think that people think they're better than God. Forget equal. They they think they're their own God. Uh, you can see people that write about this. There are books written about this. Um, they're the center of their own universe. Uh, they feel perfectly qualified to judge God and determine if his precepts are acceptable or not and should be followed or not or just ignored. And so this pride, it's never spoken, self-pride is never spoken about positively in the Bible. Do a search on pride or proud or haughty uh, in the Bible. And it's just, it's just, this is just such a terrible thing. And there's a couple verses in the New Testament, and this is in James, and then Peter echoes this at all, uh, as well. James uh, chapter 4, verse 6, But he giveth more grace, wherefore he saith, God resisteth the proud, resisteth the proud, but giveth grace to the humble. And Peter uh, echoes that same sentiment. Likewise, ye younger, submit yourselves unto the elder. Yea, all of you be subject to one another and be clothed with humility. For God resisteth the proud and giveth grace to the humble. So uh, one can presume, uh, so all of these writings, of course, are God-breathed and from the Holy Spirit. But one can envision um, 
these two guys, hearing this straight from Jesus. James was the brother of Jesus, and Peter obviously was his disciple. And so the fact that they use these same words, um, th this is probably, uh, uh, they could have heard this out of the mouth of Jesus himself. Uh, but certainly uh, God breathed from the Holy Spirit. So God resists the proud. Um, uh, the devil isn't going to heaven. The devil was proud. Uh, and so not surprising that he uses peop uh, uses pride um, to drag people into the same fate uh, that he has. Not that he has to do much, bra uh, much dragging. Um, people are self-centered to begin with and self-absorbed. That's why they ignore God. But we live in a culture now that not only tolerates it, like I said, it used to be just socially it was unacceptable. But now we not only tolerate it, we celebrate it, we encourage it, we tell children they should be proud, we tell everybody they should be proud, and now you can reward their desire for celebrity by having them pursue their pride, to be famous for the sake of fame. But God resists that. Because how is someone who's proud, who thinks that uh, they are the center of their own universe and can do whatever they want, how are they going to submit themselves to God's commands? How are they going to turn from the evil things they're doing, especially if those things are contributing to their fame, and do what Jesus tells them to do in instead? Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments. Not your commandments, not what you want to do, what I tell you to do. Uh, because someone who's truly saved will want to submit to their Lord and Master, Jesus Christ. But if one is humble, God gives grace to the humble. Because to be humble, we have to acknowledge that we've sinned against a holy and perfect God who demands justice. That we aren't worthy to be saved, that we aren't worthy to spend forever in heaven with him because we're filthy because of our sin. It takes great humility, God-given humility, to acknowledge that um, we don't deserve to be anywhere near God. Um, he shouldn't have to waste his time even thinking about us. But thankfully, he is so gracious that he does more than think about us. Uh, he saved us. He saved us. He lived a life that we couldn't. He died and rose again to pay for these sins that uh, most of us through most of our lives don't even acknowledge. Don't even acknowledge and, and particularly acknowledge that first and foremost, we've sinned against God by breaking his commands. Uh, but God does provide grace. So is it any wonder that the devil would set up a culture and a system that encourages and rewards pride with celebrity, fame, fortune, more people telling you how wonderful, wonderful you are to feed even more pride, even more pride, because it builds a wall around a person that keeps them from even entertaining the idea of humbling themselves. How do you approach a proud person and tell them that they've sinned and they're going to hell 
unless someone else, someone not them, saves them because they're incapable of saving themselves. How does a proud person take that in, that they're not capable of doing something? But that's what the devil wants. The devil wants more and more walls around people so that they will resist that gracious gospel. Uh, but what we do is just put the gospel out there and just say what the Bible says, say what God says, and uh, pray that he softens their hearts. Uh, the other thing is, too, you know what? Keep your kids away from television. Uh, really. I mean, really. So the God of this world, small g, uh, the devil, has set up this world system um, to uh, corrupt people. So is it any surprise that most of these kids... Um, are getting this idea and this desire for fame through television and celebrity culture that's rampant in this society. Uh, you know, keep them, keep them, uh, just keep them away from this stuff. I mean, really. Um, and yeah, you know, hey, we're on YouTube, we do podcasts, but watch what your kids are watching. Because if they're just doing celebrity gossip stuff, uh, I mean, that's straight from the world. That's not from God. And so anything that's coming in from the world is going to be there to corrupt. There's a great documentary that was done uh, several years ago called Captivated. Um, and it was about this whole media obsession thing. I would encourage you to, to find that video. Um, it is really uh, amazing. And it, it goes into this subject even more deeply. But, um, uh, you know, we have a hard, a hard enough time battling the flesh and our own inclinations to be proud. Uh, we don't need to open up our eyes and ears to the world so the devil can pump in more prideful desires uh, into our hearts. Um, so, you know what? Read the Bible instead. Listen to sermons instead. You want to listen to stuff on YouTube? There's sermons from great preachers like Spurgeon. Uh, people put uh, old sermons from uh, like Whitfield uh, on there and uh, Wesley. And I, I mean, there's, there's tons of stuff. There's Bible study stuff. John MacArthur's sermons are online. Um, there's a lot of things, uh, that, uh, one can watch, uh, that doesn't feed one's sinful nature. Um, so I would encourage folks to do that. But again, you can see how the devil set this system up. So if we know his tricks, well, let's not fall for it, right? Let's not fall for this nonsense. Uh, turn the TV off, throw it away, actually. Um, and be really careful about the things you put in your head and particularly the things that you put in your kids' heads because it's obviously had an impact. You don't have to guess. You can see in their desires the impact that it has. So let's not fall for the devil's scheme. Anyway, thought that was pretty important. Thought we should cover that. Uh, feel free to listen to us on our website, jesusforsinners.com. You can also listen on iTunes, Google Play Music, Spotify, Stitcher. We're also on Podbean. Um, and please feel free to email us if you have any comments or questions at podcast at jesusforsinners.com. That's podcast at jesusforsinners.com. Thanks a lot for listening. We'll talk again soon. God bless. God bless.